Here.
motion to approve executive session minutes in the uh, January 22nd and approve the special meeting minutes of January 24th. Motion made and seconded in discussion. All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. Let's roll motion to this evening we have quite a few students to uh, recognize and some adults and a very important community group and we, we are going to begin I'm going to introduce the uh, first recipient Dr. Luann Hudson will come up then for the second one and the following student organizations, uh, Dr. Layfield will come to the podium. Our first um, presentation this evening is going to go to the first place state fire prevention essay, goes to uh, fourth grader at SDSA, Allison Swartz. Okay, Dr. Hudson. I've also invited to the stage with me Dr. Carey, who supervises the Ingram Pond program, and Kim Kleinstuber, who is our science specialist and Ingram Pond teacher and coordinator. Indian Rivers Outdoor Education Center at Ingram Pond is an integral part of the Indian River School District commitment to providing our students with unique educational opportunities. More than 4,000 district students visit the Outdoor Education Center at Ingram Pond annually. Our district is implementing rigorous STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math, programs throughout the district to better prepare students for college, as well as science and math career pathways. It is the goal of the Ingram Pond to support district initiatives by developing a science engineering curriculum and activities at each grade level to extend every student's learning opportunities with hands-on, real-life STEM connections. Without the support of our school board and reinstating the program, the dedication of our district science specialist, Kim Kleinstuber, and organizations such as the Boy Scouts and the Quiet Resorts Charitable Foundation, it is difficult to sustain the level of success that we have had. Mrs. Kleinstuber actively sought out partnerships of one of the area's most generous organizations, the Quiet Resorts Charitable Foundation and volunteered to help organize one of their major fundraisers of the year, the Caribbean Christmas event. As a result of these efforts, they recently presented us with a very generous donation for instructional materials for the Ingram Pond program. It is our pleasure at this time to welcome them tonight to receive this appreciation award and our most sincere thank you. And I'd like to invite members of that organization to the stage Laurie McFall, Mr. Ron Lewis, and Steve Alexander.
Uh, next to do the student uh, presentations, we're going to ask Dr. Layfield to please come forward. We have several uh, students to recognize tonight from the arts and athletics. Um, we'll start with our Delaware Senior All-State Chorus. And I do know uh, most everyone is here. There are a few folks who could not make it tonight for work or other things. So we'll go in order. Mr. Zach Abels, um, who's bass. Soprano, Sarah Ailman. Another bass, Samuel McCloskey. Bass, Johnny Perez-Gonzalez. And tenor, Alyssa Robinson. We have two others that were unable to join us tonight, but I did want to mention their names to recognize them. Soprano Abby Ruark and bass Roy Truitt. Those are our Delaware Senior All-State Chorus members. And if Mr. Abels can stay up here on stage, Zachary Abels was also chosen for the Delaware All-State Band and Delaware All-State Orchestra for the horn. Congratulations, Zachary. Don't go anywhere, Zach. Next, we have our Sussex County Senior Honors Band. And once again, uh, Zachary Abel's first chair for the horn, as well as Hunter Clifton, first chair for the alto saxophone, Kimberly Diaz-Hanzer, first chair for the bass clarinet, Devin Lutz, first chair for the euphonium, also known as the baritone. And Christian Wise, first chair for tuba.
Those are Sussex County Senior Honors Band members. Sussex County Junior Honors Band encompasses 7th, 8th, and 9th grade students. So we do have two freshmen honored in the Sussex County Junior Honors Band. First, uh, first chair for the oboe, Eleanor Albin. And first chair for Mallets, Asher Timmons. Our Sussex County Junior Honors Band members. Next, we'll have our first team all-conference selections. Many of these are from the fall because uh, those names may have not been in by the last meeting we had here in December. Um, first for football, J. Ron Curtis. And for cross-country, Albert Norman. We do have four others that were first team all-conference that I know could not be here tonight. I will announce their names. Josiah Blake for football, Zion Reed for football, uh, Juan Perez Perez for soccer, and Chris Ramirez for soccer as well. Congratulations, Albert. And our final group, our final group are the academic all-conference uh, students. This does require a 4.0 GPA. Uh, for our soccer team, we have Samrin Sam. For volleyball, Madison Tober. For field hockey, Alexis Garloff. And in the fall for cross country, and again this winter for girls basketball, Caroline Davis. <laughs> Unable to join us tonight, also an academic all-conference honoree for the volleyball team, Julia Jensen.
Once again, our academic all-conference athletes. Let's have a, another round of applause for our flight recipients. Two weeks ago, our band director, Mr. Morris, 
key leadership position, which can certainly help you once you pass the president. Lieutenant Governor, that makes all along any of the regret. Speaker of the House, please work call any of the regret. Delaware Secretary of Education, Dr. Susan Clinton, former superintendent here. Senator Gerald Hopkins, Capitol Bonneville, and for all the money for the board of schools in Delaware. State Senator Amy Overgrad. Senator Brian Pettigrew on the Education Committee in the River Grad. Ruth Briggs King, Education Committee in the River Grad. Rich Common, former educator. Ron Gray from Revenue and Finance, alumni of the University. Representative Danny Sharp, who is the leader of the district from Seaver. Former Senator Joseph Booth, in the River Grad. Senator Brian Townsend from up in the New York area, family of the Rock Island area, and they formed the committee the Senate Education Committee. Also, I'd like to have Mrs. Steele take the time to bring some of these words on the subject far on what's going on in the organization as well. I'm familiar with that as we talked about three years ago. And then she's been around that type of time that Charles has. It is a very important issue. I think I have mentioned here recently, Mrs. Steele has it in minutes. There is talk about maybe changing with that legislation. At one time, there was a great effort in that built into that. That affects primarily taking into the school district of the real estate. I would ask that we be up to speed on that and probably bring the legislature up to speed on it. It's not something everybody gets into the right life of nature of it, but it's very financial and it does affect the university community. As you all know, Kate Ben Logan is going after the referendum. I think because of the leadership in Sussex County, there was number one prior to Captain Conville to build a new school in addition to the high school. 30 seconds. Thank you. I'm Joe Pinson.
and whatever they do. Now, my proposal is develop a salary committee open to This will allow the students a chance to begin to develop their skills working together as a team, allowing them to get together before the season starts in a great way to see how they play together, which would be very beneficial when it comes to coming from actual season. This is also a good opportunity to keep the children off the street, if only for a little while, and allow them a place to go. A freshman season is my second proposal. We believe that it is the best interest of the younger players to have that experience on a freshman team, which will give them more experience in the first year of playing high school basketball. Many times, these younger children are playing on maybe a varsity team, playing against students who have more experience than them. In times, you will notice they, their frustration levels can increase, which can classify as a bad attitude instead of focusing on what can be implemented to help them. Not saying that all freshmen in high school will be placed on this team, but it will be beneficial for most. Third, coaching, mentoring, program support. Sometimes issues may arise between the player and coaches. It may be a great idea to have some support, some support put in place where they can come to common ground, have respect for one another, must be created first. Players should be expected to respect the coaching staff, and the coaching staff should be expected to coach their team. This support team should be available to offer students support, advice, and encouragement in the team at all times. Conclusion. In closing, we look forward to working with you on this project. Again, we urge you to consider this project. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'd like to thank you for being here for the subject of the presentation. 
motion made and second to the discussion. Those in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? Mr. Lowe, before you leave, how is this new procedure working now? It's already been on the spot. We are saving tons of time. How do you think it's working now? I think it's working out very well. is that once those people walk 
if we could um, you know, give away a little bit of our power and let them decide, and we could decide what that amount may be, as a board, we could let them negotiate our uh, taxes. It would never be um, removal of any tax money. So if they owed us property taxes for nine years, those property taxes is the base amount. The penalties and interest is the second part. If they could negotiate on our behalf or to uh, accept maybe half of the penalties or to totally do away with the penalties, pending the person would pay off their tax delinquency bill at that particular point in time. They felt that a lot of people would come into the tax office and as soon as they would tell them that they could not pay those fees, that they would they had to write a letter to the Board of Education and a lot of those people never do that. So their request was would the board uh, want to consider um, in the future giving them the opportunity to make that decision on site and so what would that limit be? We don't have to make a decision on the secret because we don't have to really worry about this until we get, um, you know, into next tax season. However, I just wanted to uh, talk about this a little bit because I think this is something we have to look at. Currently, we will have somebody who has a hardship write a letter to the board and uh, ask us to, to waive those penalties. So it may be a way that we can bring in more tax money. The last we knew we would be two to three outstanding taxes in, uh, in our district alone. So this, this could be potentially a way for us to gain some of that money back. But it would be a decision that would have to be up to the board to make. Any questions? This was discussed by the other side. It's a big decision. But a lot of that money that is sitting there over a period of time that belongs to us. I don't know whether the person right now is
Dell One is going to be providing the computers and the software as well as training on all the software and all the operations. Uh, they're going to be providing the teller uh, configurations. Uh, they're also going to be purchasing the same and cash drawers, teller drawers. They will take care of insurance, security bonds, criminal activities.
need to go back up to 404. We have a tax relief request to see if we need to pay for the executive session. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Sorry. Motion made a second. All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? This night on the agenda is a member of high school board law. This was also discussed Basically, if I were to request right to the right permission to do this for two years, we would call it a good thing. Hi, Mr. Barber. I would like to say, and I need to add this in, that I talked today with, again, Mr. Berman. I've also talked with Mr. Williams about this as well. This is a very quick request that came to us. I think at the finance committee meeting, the question was whether there would be any financial support for the district offer. We did not budget to do the program. It came about very late, probably February, late January. And the concern that we have for Mr. Berman and Mr. Williams is it's not a program that we want to put away on the shelf forever, but it's something that we are a little concerned about starting at this late. There is only one school district in Sussex and Kent County that currently has a team member on Christian. The other teams are all located in Newcastle County. The other concern that we talked about, I don't think that we did bring up at the finance committee meeting, was the fact that if they are having Saturday games, there will be a requirement for the right to have custodians available. That will have to be paid for as well. So the question is going to be exactly what that total cost will be at the end of the day. Again, if you have time to look at it as something to budget in the future, it would be good. It's at this particular point in time. We have made cuts to the current athletic program for both boys and girls. And the concern at this particular point in time is, you know, do we want to go forward with this or not?
does not come under the IAA rules. Am I correct? Correct. Right. I have a summary of a couple of things that they want to consider. You have boys that want to play that are not able to play. Right now, that's a good addition. Girls can play every sport. Boys cannot play. No way they can play that. It's a club team. You are not approving a DIAA team at this point. You are just approving a club team, which is the perfect reason to do it, because it doesn't cost you anything. You have two years to see how we program, do we have interest, what are the options that we need to overcome. So you have more information to make a decision in the future whether you want this to be a
when we were doing budgets and allocations and these but I can't I think it was fall. The latter part of the fall. Yeah. I mean I understand
I do understand that, and what, when I looked at the verbiage, the last sentence said that any deviation from the adopted colors may be considered for approval by the Board of Education. And I was hoping that you understand why I deviate from these colors. That is exactly why I put the GDIR in the code, and then when my students take the code off in the third quarter, when they take a break, right at the end, it says IR. So no matter what, whenever they're writing in the form representing the river, that IR is plastered right on their chest, and they are constantly Yeah, just to play devil's advocate, um, since the school colors are, you know, gold and green, why have we allowed white in the past? issues with this, but having talked to the expert in my house, I've been told that uh, black is an accent color, and I've heard it from several other people too. Alrighty, I am disappointed, however, that that was not brought to our attention early on before you had a uniform made. I really am. Um, we have had other sports teams simply go ahead and order things, and that's one of the reasons we're, we're having an issue here now. But. You know, to me, the dark green is plenty dark green, and I'm not sure what the difference is when they turn around, um, you know, with the lights on. I'm not sure why the whole thing can't be dark green. But again, I do have to ask if white is considered just a neutral, you know, color, why can't black be considered the same way? I still have to ask that question. Well, I think the issue is that if we do this and we deviate from, from the policy, we're going to have all kinds of requests that have different color uniforms. what our uniforms can be, correct? I think they... Only. Only. Well, I know, but they still tell you there's, there are some stipulations you have to follow with the local conference or whoever the, the sports are to say what colors you can have on there. I say that to say we don't have a DIAA for band, we don't have a Hidden Open Conference for the band, 
So in, in defense of what Rodney said, I would have to tend to say that I believe that the ban is not classified as a um, athletic. Okay. Well, then. So, and then the other thing is, I would say that if we didn't, if if we weren't going to be able to change or make some deviation from it, that last statement, which he read, should never have been put into policy. Because when you say it can be changed at a board's discretion, you're opening up for change. I'm just saying. If 
Mr. Fritz can look at that and say that the uh, what I'm calling the piano bar um, is is a dark green. If he says it's black, and I saw it, it was a dark green. What's wrong with the whole thing a dark green? Because the, obviously, if it's being confused this easy, then I think, not dark green. I think part of it is the photo. On photo, I tried to take several pictures of it to get the green right. off, and on photo, it does not show up well. Why is you saw the uniform, just said that you could see the green uniform. I'm talking the photo-wise, for some reason, I don't know if it's because the polyester went in the wall, but even I could not get a good picture of it to show you. It's the exact same green as the previous uniform. Uh, folks that were at the meeting, we had a student dressed in the uniform, sorry, the proposed uniform, and the old uniform.
I, I just having three quarters of the uniform black just bothers me. I'll make the motion. The motion is we accept it, even though I want the Indian on the sleeve. Second. Going to a, a full dark green and an option. It's always an option, but I know it's not an option at my students and their parents. Because weren't we going to originally going to have them visit some of them and say which ones we could add on to, which ones?
Wednesdays are not good, I, and I'm not sure if it's all good, but, and I may be the only one, but Wednesday nights are kind of a tied up Wednesday and during the month. So I'm not sure. No. <laughs> Mr. Fritz, I just have a question. Um, do we know if the pool at Ennis is open? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Apparently, the pool is not open. Uh, we had some issues with the pool pack system. And, uh, and renovations in there, and uh, we, we hope that it will be 
sooner rather than later. Uh, Why did I think that? Okay. Why did I think that we were opening that in January, late January? I think that was our last correspondence from me, Mr. Steele. I would ask is 
um, just to communicate with us about that because I do have community members that have been asking um, questions you know the past couple of months and the last update I had was in January and I just assumed it was back up and running so um, if we you know when you do have an anticipated reopening date if you could certainly communicate that I would appreciate it thank you
No, but I do have a comment. Um, I know at least one Texas school district has posted signs out front that say, you know, you, we do have armed personnel in here and we will do what we need to do to protect our kids. Have we had any thought of putting something like that in front of our schools? I like your idea because I think it could deter that's something we can discuss as a board. If you, if you are under the assumption that only the council and only the uniform officer are going to make it one in the school, you might be surprised. I agree with you. We've got to put a sign up to deter it by the way. I'm a military man. I also don't think we throw all the cards in the table. There's just a few in the church. I agree with that. And my seconding to that, is anybody in this board going to post a sign like that on their own house? Not hardly. And if we wouldn't put it on our own house, why would we put it on a school building? Yeah, but it's it past past what the Delaware board says, okay? Because this is, to me, this is an issue past that, and I, I'm one of the guys that brought it up. If you simply post a notice that says this is a gun-free school zone, you've just cr created a free fire zone. And people know that. And if you wouldn't put a sign like that on your house, why would you put it on your school? Period. Whether it's a Delaware law thing or not, whether people can, you know, carry, hide it in the car or whatever. To me, that's a totally different issue. Because one of them is, is pretty much still illegal. The other one simply advertises that, you know, hey guys, come on in. That's why I would opt first. No. Probably, but I think it's still a better bet if we put a sign out front that says we will protect our kids to the best ability that we can. Thank you. <laughs>
Recently, nearly 200 staff members nominated several other colleagues and others as ambassadors of special education services. From those nominated, 16 educators, so that's teachers and parents, a counselor, a community member, and an entire cafeteria staff were selected as this year's 2018 special education ambassadors. As you will hear, these individuals have a tremendous positive impact on our students every day. At this time, I'd like to honor those individuals, so I will call your name. As your name is, is uh, given, please join me on the stage, and uh, I will read a uh, selection, what happened with the selection process and surveys that were given individuals, uh, said a little something about those that they are nominated, so I'd like to share some of that with you as well. From Millsburg Middle School, Mr. Zach Murphy, excuse me. East Millsboro, I'll start with Audra Mitchell. East Millsboro, Miss Audra Mitchell. Each student, <laughs> each student in Miss Mitchell's classroom has unique needs and personalities, and she has made it a point to build a rapport with those students as well as their families. Earlier this year, I heard one of the students say that their class is a very happy place to be. G.W. Carver, Margot Newbold. Ms. Newbold has infinite patience with her students. She is concerned with her well-being emotionally, socially, and academically. Students place their trust in her because they know her care and concern is genuine. Johnston has worked extremely hard to create a welcoming and inclusive environment for all students. Students come to her class each day prepared to learn because they feel supported by her. She carries a positive message of inclusiveness for students with disabilities and serves as a role model to her colleagues and the community. Georgetown Kindergarten Center, Melissa McNamara. Melissa is a patient and kind teacher, but does not lower her expectations for her students who are identified as ELL or special education. She is a dedicated special education teacher who does whatever it takes to get students to learn. Georgetown Middle School, Stacy Patton. Stacy is that special teacher that does whatever it takes for all of her students. She's a detail-oriented person that is extremely organized, but this isn't what sets her apart. Stacy makes every child feel special because they are special to her. Howard TNS, the cafeteria workers. ladies go out of their way to make sure each student has the correct portion of food and that it's done to the child's needs. As a former cafeteria manager, I know what a normal day is to look up and to see these ladies working hard for our students. Mm -hmm. 
our pianist Wanda Burke. Wanda is so helpful to all of our students in the areas of emotional support, social support, and educational support. She's a role model for other paraeducators because she sees the whole child, not just their disability. She's a great demeanor about her, and the students love her. Indian River, Stacy Halliday. Stacy knows her students, they know her, trust her, and trust her knowledge. She sets expectations, encourages, and teaches them. Her diligence in meeting the needs of the students is to be commended. Stacy has been a great source of reference for the special education teachers in our building. John and Clayton Elementary, Allison Bennett. Allison is an amazing coordinator who works with all students. She cares deeply for the students of JMC. The parents often seek her out for help in the building. JMC is lucky to have her. Long neck, Lauren Kerr. Lauren works very hard to ensure that each special education student at Long Neck Elementary has an IEP that not only meets their needs, but also follows state and district guidelines. She advocates for students and makes connections with their families to help them understand the IEP process. Lord Baltimore Elementary, Jenna Truitt. Jenna's classroom is amazing to watch in action. Jenna has helped her students to make enormous strides this year, and some of them are very close to meeting their end-year goals already. Now we'll go with Zach Millsburg Middle, Zach Murphy. Mr. Murphy combines academic support with academic rigor to help his students succeed in all classes. He understands that his students just succeed in different ways. He helps them succeed both academically and emotionally. Many times I see him having a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with a student that is just not having a great time. North Georgetown, Brittany Lloyd. Brittany is always there to help all of our students with medical needs, including making necessary medical appointments and making sure they have a ride for the appointment. She is there to listen to their concerns and is always patient. <laughs> Philip Shaw, Melissa Grunewald. I've watched Melissa create a classroom atmosphere of acceptance for all students, but especially those with either learning challenges or physical disabilities. She sets the bar high for all of her students, and because of her love and respect, her student, students rise to the challenge. <laughs> Selby Bill Middle, Melissa May. 
Alyssa exemplifies the positive characteristics necessary to be an ambassador. She has exceptional knowledge of her students, and while she advocates for them, she also has helped create a super positive climate for all students in, in, on her team. Alyssa embodies the characteristics of an ambassador. Southern Delaware School of the Arts, Frank Shockley. Mr. Shockley is an advocate for the whole child and fights to make sure the special education students are getting their academic, social, emotional, and physical needs met. He always goes above and beyond to check in with the students, especially those who may have some identified needs already written in their IEP. Sussex Central High School, Derek Layfield. <laughs> Mr. Layfield provides support for those special education students who need life skills training. His students are prepared to be emotionally, socially, and academically successful learners and citizens in our community.
This is a first and second reading. The only addition to this was we added the IEP team to the group that makes a recommendation to the principals. The second policy is the student dismissal precautions. The only addition to this policy is a clarification that 18-year-olds may sign themselves out, but they're still under the uh, uh, still subject to the truancy requirements. So. I'm going to make a motion to approve both policies as presented. Motion to make a second discussion. Aye. 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 Both very 
Um, third, I want to talk about the field of tragedy in Florida in a second. Um, there's been a lot of talk recently concerning the tragedy in Florida. Uh, first, I want to applaud the University District for everything they've done thus far in planning and preparation for something we don't know happens. Um, I'm happy, happy that we have such open lines of communication with our district concerning this stuff. Um, when we heard about organized drug tests at one of our meetings, um, we immediately called the email March deal that information and some possible suggestions. Um, we were informed by them, I talked to Mark today again about it. We were informed that they're looking into everything and developing a plan. And once again, IRA, IRSD is ahead of the situation. We're um, not making any decisions in the case. We look forward to hearing whatever plans have been developed. Our staff needs to know uh, what the district expects from us as employees. Um, in case students decide to join these protests and some don't join and they stay put, you know, what, what are our responsibilities as a staff? Um, so we just want, we want everyone to remain safe, but we just need to know the plan to be able to Next, uh, Regulation 225, I don't know if it's been in the news lately. I had a meeting this past week with the um, other presidents of the state. Um, so far, no changes have been made. Um, most of the comments that came in were overwhelmingly negative concerning that. Um, since, there's been, since then, there's been an advisory council put together. This consists of one teacher from every district in the state, uh, one teacher from each county to represent the charter schools, but nothing has changed and it's still being considered. Um, I would urge the district to put a process in place in case one of our employees is faced with an issue concerning gender identity. Um, not everyone is trained in what to do, and um, something should be in place so employees know what to do if a student comes in and wants to claim a different gender than what they you know, recognize as. You know, what do I do as a person? Um, do I call an administrator? Do I, you know, I'm not sure what, what, what do I do? Um, this is a question being asked around the state, so once again, staying ahead of the ball, I think that they're not going to adopt this regulation. We need to know what to do as a staff. Um, next, uh, I want to thank uh, Melissa Kansak and Jay Owens, first off, for um, the new evaluation system that was put in place. It was, uh, it's definitely seemed to be working. Um, and I want to thank Jay Owens again, just because he continuously asked input concerning this. Um, the evaluation system was developed by Indy River. Um, it's different than what the state does. Definitely the team effort putting this thing together. But like I said, it, it continues to be successful because we have a dialogue and because we can work together. Um, also, at our meeting, I brought up uh, at the state meeting the issue of uh, shortage of teachers and substitutes. Um, in talking with the district personnel here, um, I've been made aware of the difficulty that, it, that we have in getting substitutes and teachers due to one of the IRS guidelines separation of service uh, for state employees. Right now the guideline is that state employees must have a separation of service of six months before they can work in our district as teachers or substitutes. Um, when I brought this up at our state meeting, um, that IRS rule is actually pretty vague um, what the separation would be. It needs to be anywhere from one month to one year, not six months. Um, in Kentucky, they actually adopted six. So, 
Uh, that tells me that six months is not a steadfast rule. Um, it's something that Delaware has adopted. It's midway just to be safe. Um, but I urge our district to petition the state to adopt a shorter time of separation and possibly follow Kentucky's lead. I've urged DSEA leadership to do the same thing, and they say they will pursue it. But um, the issue will need all of us pushing to make the change possible. So once again, if we work as a team, I think we can push the state to look into different and a different time of separation. Um, lastly, I want to talk about the district finances. Um, I'm very happy that our district is ahead of its projections from last year in recovering um, from the deficit we ran. Um, I think Jan Steele has done a great job putting the plan together this year. It was tough cutting budgets and doing everything. You know, we stuck with it and we're, we're where we need to be. Um, but please remember that the employees did sacrifice their pay increases to help the district recover. So I would urge the district to continue with transparency and to let the people know where we stand financially. Um, because it's very commendable that um, it's, it's almost unbelievable the plan was put in place and went through it. Um, I feel a lot of questions concerning the district surplus and why that money is not being returned to the teachers. And I, I brought this up at district liaison too. And I continuously tell them that although we have an eight point whatever million dollar surplus, the district needs to have 12 million to meet their obligations. And people don't know that. So they're getting half the story. They just hear 8 million in surplus and they're like, well, let's give it back. And that's not the case. We're not where the district needs to be in. So I'm urging the district to inform the people um, where we stand rather than having to have everybody search it out. Because I know the information is out there, but this is not popular ones again that help them on where to search for. So if we you know, feed them that information, then you know, that's part of being transparent. Um, I also you know, would like to help people um, understand it, the, the administrative leveling of salaries that's being discussed. Um, you know, transparency is a must. You have to keep people fully informed. They're not understanding what this, that this administrative salary um, leveling is coming from the audit. It's still something that's out there that we put off and off and off. I'm not saying that now's the right time to do it. It may need to be done, but it's something that the people that are stakeholders need to know about. And that's up to you guys to put that out there and to let everybody know what is happening. Because we're not sitting in the long People are hearing rumors, and it's up to us to put that together. We can do that when we go together and transparent. And lastly, for sure, is we have that student scholarship fundraising March 23rd, which will apply
motion to approve. Second. Motion made or that we accept the tax and not the interest. Is that what you want? Okay, so moved. Second. Now that 